This is a Wool Observatory podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Star Stuff, space oddity. Hi, welcome to Star Stuff. I am your host, Cody Half Moon, with my brilliant co-host, Haley Osborne. Mm -hmm. And today she is going to blow our minds with the theories of the universe. What does that mean? Okay, so um, this is actually going to be a two-part episode. Too many theories. um, Yeah, I I tried fitting it all into one episode and I was like, no, we we need to. So um, today we're mostly going to be talking about string theory and the brain world theory. And... I, the what? The brain worm theory? Brain world. Oh. I will I will explain. Sounds like a cartoon <laughs> network cartoon. A little bit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I um to prepare for this episode, I um actually read a book on string theory. Um it is called uh, the, you the little yeah, the little book of string theory. I have it in my backpack right now, actually. Um I it, I thought it was a really cool book. I was really interested in it, um, which is weird for me because I I'm weird about reading like science books or science fiction books. We've talked about this before on the mm-hmm. podcast a couple times. Um, but I really enjoyed that book. And then I watched like a ton of YouTube videos. I read through a bunch of stuff. And there's so, so oh much God. information. Um, Especially like I know so much information. like for string theory, it was really big in the early 2000s. It was big right? in like the 80s. The 80s, right. Yeah. And then it like had a comeback. It had a comeback. Mm-hmm. So that was when yeah. John Compton, who's been on this podcast several mm-hmm. times, got his uh, his like master's in physics and all that. Yeah. And so his thing was like string theory. And then yes. he graduated and then people were like, okay, well, we have a new theory anyway. And he's yep. like... Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I have a lot of stuff in here. Um, a lot of these notes, <laughs> the stuff in red. So I have my outline in front of us. Um, the stuff in red, Cody, I wrote at, I think, like 2 a.m. It's all in red, um, really. It's like all in red. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I was just like talking into my phone. So um, before mm-hmm. this, you were like, should we go over the outline? And I was like, please don't look please, at the outline. Maybe not. It, okay. <laughs> it is just a stream of consciousness from 2 a.m. Haley. And I promise you, like, I understand what it means. But right. looking at it, you're going to be like, what? what? <laughs> so, All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. So we're starting with uh, string theory. I, I literally titled it Late Night Haley Notes. Um, first, explain quantum. That yes. is the first bullet point. Um, 40 minutes later. <laughs> uh, literally. So I'm not, I'm not gonna like fully explain it because there's just so Well, quantum much. means small? Yeah. So quantum, uh, was you, it was, uh, built to explain small and fast things. So, uh, and when I say fast, I mean like, like, um, speed of light type deal. Mm-hmm. So if you were to like. Be fast. Yeah. If you were to like plot out on two axes, like big versus small, fast versus slow, uh, quantum would be in the the small and fast uh, region, and then classical mechanics would be in, like, the big and slow. And when I say big and slow, I mean, like, uh, like throwing a baseball is, I see. is classical, but, like, atoms are, like, quantum, right? Okay. Um, string theory lives in this realm of quantum physics, and so <clears throat> there's a lot to go over. <laughs> um, so we're just going to – we're just going to run into it. Um, okay, so the standard model is the current, like, universal model, right? It's called the standard model. Okay. Um, it explains everything but gravity. 
So we tried using uh, these things called gravitons <laughs> to explain it. Gravity, Ooh. not real. Gravity, not real. <laughs> no, um, gravity is definitely real. But um, the thing about gravity is it can't be explained the same way as like a lot of other things. Because um, we we talk about things in terms of like particles, right? But there aren't gravity particles. And so we tried introducing the idea of a gravity particle called a gravitron, um, which now that I'm thinking about it, isn't a Gravitron um, like a state fair ride? <laughs> it's probably. It's like uh, I'm saying thing. Gravitron because of that. It, they're called Gravitons, uh, not oh, Gravitrons. Okay, okay. I was like, wait, that's a, that's a, the, <laughs> that's a, that's a county coaster. fair ride. Um, never mind. But um, basically, like, it was impossible, right? And so that's why string theory was born, to try and be a theory of everything. Because, like, the big thing in physics is they are looking for some theory of everything to bridge this gap between classical mechanics and quantum mechanics. Because right now they're separate, but they both work. Um, Hmm. But they work in different ways, right? And so... um, String theory is born to try and bridge this gap. But string theory itself has some issues. Um, is it like the string between the two? Kind of. So <laughs> um, let me let me find a, a good thing. So um, I'm just going to read you this definition and then we can break it down. Okay. Uh, string theory. Any, num- uh, any of a number of theories in particle physics that treat elementary particles, uh, like subatomic particles, as infinitesimal one-dimensional string-like objects rather than dimensionless points in space. Uh, different vibrations of the spring- uh, strings correspond to different particles. So like one wiggles like this, that's one particle. The other one wiggles like this, that's a different particle, things like that. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of like the basis of string theory, right? Um, it was introduced in the early 1970s in attempts to describe the strong force. So there are different forces, uh, the strong force, the weak force, the nuclear force, and uh, another one that I don't remember. (laughs) The force. The force. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But it became really popular in – that was really loud – but, but. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Nate. Oh, Nate's like, ah, my ears. Nate just took off his headphones. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but in the 1980s, uh, when it was shown that they might uh, might provide a fully self-consistent quantum field theory that could describe uh, gravitation as well as the weak, strong, and electromagnetic forces. That's, that was the other one. Um, the development of a unified quantum theory is a major goal in theoretical particle physics, but inclusion of gravity usually leads to difficult problems with infinite quantities in the calculations. Uh, the most, most self-consistent string theories propose 11 dimensions, four corresponding to the three ordinary spatial dimensions and time, while the rest are curled up and not perceptible. So. Thoughts? So, uh, <laughs> 11 dimensions. 11 dimensions. 11 uh, dimensions. Mm-hmm. 11 dimensions. Yes. So my brain stopped there. But mm-hmm. I also heard f- four, four or what was it? Four correspond to the three ordinary spatial dimensions and time. So three spatial, one time. And then the theory um, is that the rest of them are curled up on, on, on themselves so that we don't like perceive them because we only perceive the four dimensions, right? Like X, Y, Z, and time. Mm. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and so the other ones are curled up on themselves mm-hmm. 
and we do not see these dimensions. Mm-hmm. Now, are we talking like, we can't see ultraviolet or? No, we're talking like different plane of existence. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> okay. That's why I was like, this, this has to be two episodes. Okay, okay. So, and so just to get it straight. Mm-hmm. So thinking of like sci-fi, which is mm-hmm. my basis yeah. of, you know, yeah. understanding any of this. Um, when they talk about like, oh, we have to travel to this alternate dimension where we're an AU. So that will. is different. Okay. And that we're actually going to talk about in the second part of this episode. Woof. There's the universe part two. Okay. So what's yeah. the difference here? Um, so what you're talking about is more multiverse. <laughs> this is same universe different dimensions within that universe. So like we're here talking in our recording studio mm-hmm. and at the same time these the dimensions Queen exist of England's having us. tea here and we don't see. No. Okay. No. So like everything we know exists in those four dimensions. Mm-hmm. The rest of those dimensions are literally like curled up on themselves and we do not interact with them whatsoever. Like interstellar with the cube? Yeah, yeah. So like um like, if you've seen Spoiler things alert. where there's, like, um, they call them, like, pan-dimensional beings or whatever, and, like, we can't, like, perceive them or whatever, that's kind of along these lines. Like, our math doesn't work, so we can't interact with it? Um, not necessarily that our math doesn't work, but we just only exist in four dimensions, and other dimensions could be around us. Um, and keep in mind, like, all of this is very theoretical. Like, string theory, um, it's actually not really like seriously talked about all that much anymore Mm -hmm. um, because it has a lot of issues, but um, same. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what would something look like in this other dimension theoretically or no clue? clue. We have no no idea. Our brains don't. So why do they think that there are a few of them? The math works. The math works. So the the math math works so that it makes, it only works if there are, those 11 dimensions in certain in certain string theory examples. Okay. In other string theory examples, there are 26 dimensions. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 26 dimensions. 26 dimensions. And I'm assuming we can only interact with the four. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. This feels like they carried a number and then we're like, ah, crap. Oh, well, we just like can't see these numbers. Yeah, it's basically just and, – and this is how a lot of physics starts out, honestly. It is – We'll deal with oh, that later. the math works for this case. We can prove it at another time because uh, usually like the, the proof is way different. Like, like black holes were initially just mathematically this works and then we saw one. <laughs> Right? Mm -hmm. So um, the thing with string theory is, um, yeah, string theory itself has issues. And we'll talk about a different type of string theory in a few minutes here. But um, basically, string theory is the idea in theoretical physics that reality is made up of infinitesimal vibrating strings, smaller than atoms, electrons, or quarks. According to this theory, as the strings vibrate, twist, and fold, they produce effects in many tiny dimensions that give humans, uh, or that humans interpret as everything from particle physics to large-scale phenomenon like gravity. 
So these, these tiny little strings, it, the idea is like, you know how matter is made up of atoms? Mm -hmm. The idea is that the atoms are made up of strings. Okay. Yeah. So it's like smaller and smaller, basically. Little space worms. Little space worms. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, string theory in particle physics, um, it uh, attempts to merge quantum mechanics with uh, Albert Einstein's general theory of relativity. Uh, because right now Never they don't. <laughs> uh, right now they don't like. They're not friends. They're not friends. Okay. They don't work. Um, but that was like one of, this is one of the, uh, theories that was, um, brought up to kind of make this happen. Okay. So the starting assumption of string theory is that particles are not points. Instead, they are vibrational modes of strings. Uh, no strings respond to one another in a fashion similar to gravitons. And with gravitons, the issue is you can't, uh, I'm going to skip over that. That's a lot of just Ling lingo um, oh, no. um basically with string theory replacing gravitons with vibrational strings smoothed out the way they interacted with one another so uh gravitons as a particle uh -huh. don't work right gravitons yeah. as strings work better huh. and so this looked very promising okay and that's one of the reasons why it got so popular they were getting excited mm -hmm. everybody okay. was getting excited right okay um so this is a lot of just I was I was like literally reading the book and I was like speaking it into yeah. the document. So um now so we get that um we're talking about little strings, right? Little baby string worms. Little baby yes. string worms. Now we introduce something uh called D brains. And it's uh B-R-A-N-E-S. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so basically, these little strings are allowed in uh, string theory to end in objects called D-brains. They're basically little points that are infinitely heavy so that the strings aren't just like, you know? And so they all end... They have little D-brains on the ends. They're all connected? No. Ah. No. Okay, so it's like a little dumbbell. Kind yeah, of thing. I think uh, it's okay. like a kind of dumbbell, but it's like a string in the middle instead yeah. of a bar. You know? Okay, okay. Um, that's kind of what it looked like in a lot of like the animations I watched. Um, okay. And uh, they can be curled up in different ways depending on what type of particle they represent. Okay. Now, um, initially string theory got rid of point particles, but in the 1900s, point particles came back. Um, and so D brains are point particles, basically. Okay. Uh, and they were introduced to make strings work, basically. Ah, but then mm -hmm. since they're not, people don't think that they exist now, is that kind of what, why string theory crumbled? So some people still are looking into string theory. Um, some people think that it's got a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. So far, the type of string theory we've talked about is uh, the least likely. There are other factors that come into uh, something called super string theory, which we'll go over in a sec. Okay. Um, but basically, the issue with these stretch strings is um, the lowest uh, energy level a stretch string has almost no vibrations. Mm -hmm. It's called the zero point. And this is called a tachyon. Have you heard of tachyons? I've heard of tachyons. Yes. Yes. So, so tachyons, tachyons are uh, actual things in string theory. So um, it is imaginary because we've never, like, seen one because right. they can't technically exist. Um, 
And that was a big problem with string theory. That's one of the reasons why it kind of fell out is because of these tachyons. If you're in that zero energy state, um, these tachyons um, basically make things bad. (laughs) So like... And so this is the part of the string in this hypothetical string, right, where it's not vibrating. Yeah. So they're – think of them as like totally separate strings, right? There's a string where it is not vibrating, zero point. Uh That's a tachyon. Okay. There's a string where it's slightly moving. That's the next particle. I see, I see, I see. On and on and on. Okay. Um, But (laughs) the issue with tachyons – let me see. Um, Why have I heard of tachyons? Uh, tachyons are what make the flash go fast. Ah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yes. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. So if you guys are nerds like we are, uh, the flash, uh, <laughs> he goes really fast because of little things called tachyons, which mm-hmm. if string theory is real, are real. <laughs> right. So, yeah. They have to be real. Like a tachyon has to exist for string theory to work. This type of string theory. This type of string theory. Okay. But the issue with a tachyon is that because of the way it functions, and I'm not going to go super in-depth into it because it was like a chapter on its own, but um, the issue with tachyons is um, they have to have imaginary mass to work. What does that mean? What is it? Like imaginary numbers, it'd be an imaginary mass. So things like the square root of a negative. That's imaginary. <laughs> I'm going to drink my coffee now. Yeah. So if you've ever seen like um, math problems with an I in them, that means imaginary. What does that mean though? Is that just like, oh, I promise, professor, this math problem works. Ignore the I. No, really, it works. Like, um, So imaginary numbers are actually used in a lot of like practical applications like um in the um the is movie, it like you don't know what the number is but you know a number goes there no so the number technically doesn't exist i guess i don't know how exactly i would explain imaginary numbers to be uh, completely honest with you but basically like um in hidden figures um they are trying to figure out math that has never been invented to bring john gladden back right mm-hmm. um and she goes oh euler's formula that works. And that's what they used to bring John Glenn back. Euler's formula has an imaginary number in it, in- intrinsically. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Because it's E to the yeah. I theta. You're like, so. hey, dude, don't worry. We're getting you back. The numbers are like imaginary, but it'll be fine. <laughs> so imaginary numbers are really useful in a lot of different things. Um, do they function as a number? Like, do they they function like as a number? I plus one equals something. Yeah, they function as a number, basically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but the issue here <laughs> is that the tachyon would have to have an imaginary mass, it's which imaginary does mass. not work. And then worse news is, um, or well, so good news is that strings have vibrational modes and can act like a photon or a graviton. Perfect. Um, bad news is it can only do that in 26 dimensions. Worse news is that it uh, has to have imaginary mass. And so this is where the theory just kind of crumbles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an imaginary mass is there's not mass there but pretend there is. It's like a negative mass. 
basically. A negative, <laughs> a black, no, that's a lot of mass. Mm-hmm. Man? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, um, this is actually one of the big things with, like, faster than light travel. Technically, you could do faster than light travel if you had negative mass. <laughs> anyway, back to string theory. <laughs> okay. So, Jeez. people saw this issue and they were like, okay, let's fix it. Um, so, super string theory happens. I majored in English. Fair. So super string theory uh, is born. It cures the tachyon problem and it lowers the numbers of dimensions from 26 to 10. It also produces new vibrational way more manageable. modes. Way more manageable. Like it, it doesn't sound like that much, but it, way more manageable. Yeah. Um, and it also pr- produces new vibrational modes that allow strings to act like electrons, which is important because that didn't really exist with regular string theory and electrons are everywhere so right yeah so in super string theory there are nine spatial dimensions and one time dimension uh to relate super string theory to the world we somehow have to do away with six of those nine spatial dimensions right because we have four yeah or three not four. yeah i'd like to know about those other ones <laughs> so um okay again the idea is they could be curled up on themselves, things like that. But basically, the math works if there are 10 dimensions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the key to superstring theory is that if you start with vibrational modes or um, representing photons, electrons, and other particles, um, no matter how, how you collide them, you can never make a tachyon. Um, so it definitely is better. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't need tachyons anymore. We don't need tachyons anymore. We don't like tachyons. No. We don't like in imaginary mass. So no, we tachyons and flash can go in a different dimension. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We like this one. Mm-hmm. It has electrons, which we know are a thing. Yep. It doesn't need tachyons, mm-hmm. which were really confusing. Mm-hmm. We have fewer dimensions to mm-hmm. explain away. Mm-hmm. Scientists are happier. Yeah. Okay. Super. And that I'm sure they're nerds and they're like, this is super. Yeah. And so super string theory. Exactly. Okay. It's tracking. Now with super string theory, um, uh, we can go back to talking about D brains, right? That's where the yeah. string can end. Um, and something that I found really cool um, that I read about was that they can actually be described as zero temperature black holes because they're infinitesimal points that are super heavy. That's what black hole is you know yeah so um i was reading about that and it was saying like yeah they could be described as zero temperature black holes um d brains are a particular type of brain um they're the defining b-r-a-n-e b-r-a-n-e yeah okay um they're a specific type of brain um they are basically uh defining the locations in space where strings can end yes mm-hmm. you get that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay cool 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 so um, because of tachyons, usually when people are talking seriously about string theory, they talk about super string theory, right? Okay. That makes sense, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gone are the days of regular old string theory. Yeah, no, We're on to none super of that. string theory. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there was a whole chapter on symmetry and I didn't realize how ridiculous it was but um on symmetry symmetry i like symmetry yeah perfect so um the difference between string theory and super string theory is technically symmetry okay 
So when talking about symmetry mathematically, there's an argument made that a circle is more symmetrical than a square, even though they're both technically symmetrical. Oh my God, wait. A circle is more symmetrical than a square. Mm -hmm. Because the no matter how you turn a circle, <gasps> it is always symmetrical. I love that so much. But you can take it a step further and go from symmetry to supersymmetry by saying a sphere is more symmetrical than a circle. That is so super. I love that. Mm -hmm. I never thought about mm -hmm. turning the square. Yep. yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. These kids were definitely in the gifted and talented classes. Crazy, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And okay. so um, like if you take a circle out of its plane of existence, you can see that it doesn't look exactly the same all around, whereas a sphere does. That is beautiful. So different brains, different D brains, have different amounts of symmetry associated with them. Okay. Okay. So a D0 brain has the symmetry of a sphere. Perfect. A D1 brain has the symmetry of a circle. Like smooth-brained. We get it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Less symmetrical. And does that affect their vibration? Um, yeah, it does. Okay. Yeah, so different uh, different D brains will affect the I'm so proud of myself of right now. <laughs> I know. I'm so Ooh. proud of you. That was good. That was really, yeah, really good. Thank you. <sighs> okay. So now let me look into my chaotic notes um, that I added on later. Um, all right. So this is a bunch of particle physics that I am not going to explain oh, right now. Fermion. You know what? You're right. Let's skip over the fermion. <laughs> Let's not talk about fermions. Spiners. There are so many fun words in math. Let 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 me tell you. We're just gonna. Skip We're just that. gonna. <clears throat> Axions. Right. So um, something that I do want to explain is this right here. Um, so in, um, uh, if the six dimensions exist, we could be a 3d slice of a 9d universe. The six could be curled up on themselves like an ant on a straw. We can't get enough, uh, electrons in our particle accelerators, so we can't prove dimensions yet. So that is what that says. I know that there's a lot of, I, I wrote like literally just like letters for a lot of these we words. We could be so. a 3d slice of a 9d universe. Which is good news. Neither of those are, are your standard dice. Well, it's good news because um, supersymmetry works in 10 dimensions, one of those being time, right? So technically that would be nine spatial dimensions. Wait, time is dimension? Yes. Time is a dimension. Time is a dimension. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, how? Um, <laughs> We're just, We're like, just gonna skip that. Oh, anyway, um, time is a dimension. Uh, but we could be a 3D slice of a 9D universe, which is great news because love that news. Supersymmetry has nine spatial dimensions. I so don't like all theoretically of these odd numbers. Could work. Um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, so crazily enough. Super string theory is actually still one of our most promising models of the universe. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. There's a lot we need to figure out, but good work. Good okay. Work. I don't know. I don't okay. Know. Um, and the, the, the really, really weird one is there are five different super string theories. <laughs> I did not look into every single one of them because I was going crazy by the end of this, but there are five different super string theories. 
So, so okay, but okay, so super string theory is the theory that you don't need tachyons anymore mm -hmm. because we're talking about symmetry and what affects the vibrations are how symmetrical the brains are. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So, and somehow this is like, hey, so we erased tachyons and now this does work and this could be what makes up our atoms. Mm -hmm. And for this to work, because numbers apparently, there need to be 11, 10, 10, 10 dimensions. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And we don't, we can't prove that because, uh, was it, we can't get enough electrons? Uh, we can't get electrons to go fast enough. Right. So we just haven't woken them up enough to show, hey, look, we are, there are totally other dimensions. So apparently, also, you can prove other dimensions if you can make an electron move faster. Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not dimensions as in, like, multiverse-type dimensions, but dimensions as in, like, spatial dimensions around us. Like our hand going through a wall in a different... Kind of, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are five people who disagreed with each other on how this super string <laughs> theory makes sense. There are five different super string theories, yes. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So the religion turned into five different religions <laughs> in the church. Okay. Yeah. In the church of string, we have five denominations of how mm -hmm. this works. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, that's a crash course in string theory. Okay. We skipped over a lot because there's a lot that we just don't have time to talk about. But um, if you guys are interested in it, um, it I read uh, The Little Book of String Theory, and it was fascinating. Um, we can really, link it in Discord. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. Okay. Now, is this a good place to break before we get into all of that? So... This is all for this episode. We're good. We're good. No, we're yeah, just, yeah, we're yeah. in it. We're in it together, guys. We're in it together. So. Oh, my brain. Um, <laughs> we've got one more theory that we're going to cover in this episode, and then uh, we'll save the rest for the next episode. Um, this mm -hmm. next theory was the hardest theory to find information on, honestly. Um, is this the Brian's world one? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The brain world. Brain world, yeah. <laughs> um, so the brain world theory honestly confuses me so i'm just gonna go through it with you and Still we can chat same, about it same brain we're talking about the brain the the brain spheres potentially yeah, yeah. at the end of each string in the string theory um i believe so yes okay okay mm -hmm. okay so Whew. the main idea here is that our three-dimensional universe is located on a brain short for membrane that's why it's b-r-a-n-e membrane our can you say that again? Yes. Um, our three-dimensional universe that we live in uh -huh. is located on a brain, according to this theory. Okay. A membrane. Spoilers, but this is the ending of Men in Black. With the marbles. Bro. Bro. They're spheres. I think that because it was like our universe and it was like it showed Jesus. Orion the cat. I love <laughs> Men in Black. Tony Shalhoub, can we talk um, about it? But it like zooms out and then... These brains are a little different um, because it's talking about them as membranes, not spheres. Okay. So membranes, it's like the filamental structure of the universe type deal. Okay. So membrane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, it's a multidimensional object from string theory. Uh, the brain of ours, says scientists, is inside a hyperdimensional space called the bulk or hyperspace. Interaction with extra dimensions and moving brains can have an impact on our brain with effects uh, uh, with, with effects other cosmological models don't account for. Hyperspace. I've heard of this before. Hyperspace. Hyperspace, I know. Mm-hmm. That's the space outside of space. Yeah. It's like Star Trek. Yeah. Hyperspace. Hyperspace. To go to other places. Pretty much. You just like It's like jumping out of the bubble so that you can pop back in the bubble somewhere mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. in a different place in the universe. Yeah. But the cool thing is... Um, I know that one. In 1999, um, physicists Lisa Randall and Raman uh, Sundry, who I think Raman Sundry was... Raman spectroscopy. Anyway, um, introduced a brain world theory that received considerable attention. Under their theory, there can be other universes just a microscopic distance away from ours, but this distance is measured in some fourth spatial dimension of which we are not aware. So that's what you were talking about with yes. like the queen could be having tea right here. Yes, yeah. and that's and so John and I have talked about this before, and it's that's where he was saying like we can't exist outside of there because. Like when you leave our universe bubble, this is like one of the theories. I don't know if it's this one, but the our physics doesn't work there. Yeah. So we can't be there. Yeah. So we and that's can't what it jump seems to the like other. this one is all about. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Like I said, I could not find very much information on this because I don't mm. think people are really looking into it that much anymore. But um, basically, it, the brain world theory predicts that relatively small black holes created in the early universe have survived to the present. Uh, these black holes with mass similar to a tiny asteroid would be part of the dark matter in the universe. Um, and basically, um, these these tiny black holes, that would be the brains. For a big string. This one's not really talking about strings. Ah. Okay, yeah. these are separate from the strings. Yeah, yeah. These are two separate theories, but um, I believe, like, there's a little overlap with, like, okay. the brains and everything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So. Brains. Um, Black holes. Yeah. Other so universes. Here, on, a, a, on a membrane. Yeah. Here's a quote from uh, Dr. Randall that kind of explains uh, what you were talking about with uh, John. Uh, because we are imprisoned in our three dimensions, we can't directly detect these other universes. It's rather like a whole lot of bugs crawling around on a big two-dimensional sheet of paper who would be unaware of another set of bugs that might be crawling around on another sheet of paper that could be only a short distance away in the third uh, in the third dimension. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. It's weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this at all connected to no because that's multiverse and that's a different thing okay like with the black holes the universe multiverse and the black holes if they're saying that brains are what does this mean for our own universe it could have itself formed from inside a black hole existing inside (gasps) another universe oh my god that was literally the next sentence on here. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. So, so the black hole episode we talked about um, ha- uh, we, having, like, different universes inside of black holes and, and stuff. Us being inside one of those. Brain world theory would suggest we would probably be – we probably were formed inside of a black hole existing inside of another universe. <laughs> well, that's fun. Okay. 
All right, cool. so I've got one last bullet point. Nate is flagging us down, doing his little dancey dance. Yes, um. <laughs> his little dancey dance. It's it's now canon. It's now uh, canon. Uh, Nate, dances Nate dances at forty five minutes. <laughs> All right, so final bullet point. Are you ready? Uh, maybe. Okay. As of now, no experimental or observational evidence of large extra dimensions as required by the Randall Sundrum models have been reported. An analysis of results from the Large Hadron Collider in December of 2010 severely constrains the black holes produced in theories with large extra dimensions. The recent multi-messenger gravitational wave event, GW170817, has also been used to put weak limits on large extra dimensions. So basically what this is saying is uh, because of stuff done at the LHC, brain world theory is probably incorrect is what uh, I got from this. But I could be wrong. Right. Um, the thing about science is a lot of scientists have a lot of opinions on no. a lot of things. Um, and so there are people who definitely are still looking into this. Um, mm -hmm. There are people who have completely discredited it. It really just depends on who you talk to. But um, as far as what I can tell from the research that I personally did um, setting up for this, brain world theory is probably not correct. I don't Super want to be on a membrane. theory might be correct. Okay. Yes. I don't really want to be on a membrane of anything. That sounds gross. Um, and is, is this the collider where everyone's like, oh my God, you're going to do bad things and the world's going to end. Yeah. That yeah. was fun. Same collider. I remember 2010. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's all for this episode. If you guys really enjoyed uh, this type of content, we are going to be posting a part two where we talk about multiverse theory as well as some other stuff. So uh, definitely join in. And uh, to all our, all our listeners out there, please uh, join our Discord. We've got yeah. lots of really fun stuff in there, behind the scenes content. Um, you can also use the hashtag, hashtag AskStarStuff to ask any questions you might have about life, the universe, and everything. Thanks for joining us. Bye. This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to lowell.edu slash donate. Thanks for listening.